0: Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, with me, your host, Mark Decano. You know, sometimes comedians are considered the new philosophers, and often when I'm talking with them, I consider comedy is like a bird. It is fragile, it is uplifting, and if you want to fly with it, you need to be prepared to get shat on. I love talking to people in comedy about comedy, and if you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. My guest this episode is relatively new to performing comedy, but has an unmatched drive and determination. With some dilly-dally, she is purposeful. With a shilly-shally, she is resolute. It's stand-up comedian, Lisa May. Hello. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very well. All happy? Yes. Okay. Let's go for it. Let's do it. What was it that made you decide to come from Norway to the UK to start with?
1: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, actually I had never actually been to the UK when I came here. (laughs) Uh, and I I started university, uh, at the age of 19 and did six months in Norway. Everyone has to do this thing called exfil, which is psychology, philosophy, and logic before Mm -hmm. you start like a specific subject. Um, and I did that and, uh, I, I was never very good at at the studying, anything like <laughs> keeping my attention long enough was hard, um, and I thought I'll just take a, a gap year. Uh, and in Norway, all the men at that point had to go in the military at eighteen. Right. Um, and when they go into military, they 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 get extra points to then contribute to get into the kind of degree they want. So we have a mm. points system all over Scandinavia and you women can go to in the military as well but if they work in in healthcare or with children they also get points so mm. that's why you have so many scandinavians as au pairs right. in the uk okay and so i was like <laughs> i'll do that i'll just take a year off uh and go to the uk and be an au pair uh and that was a, a gap year that's now 25 years <laughs> a twenty-five-year gap year, basically. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is what I'm on.
0: <laughs> so, what was the impetus to remain then?
1: Well, to be to be very honest with you, like my 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 upbringing, I know that most people think that Norway is a country where uh, everyone is very happy and everyone's very rich, <laughs> uh, but that was not my background. Um, my my mom was alcoholic uh and uh i had a lot of responsibility from very early age so Mm. from the age of nine i pretty much took care of my two brothers right so when i when i came to the uk that was the first time i was able to concentrate on myself or even think who am i What, what 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 do i want yeah and so for me the 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 decision to stay was also more uh necessity in being able to create my own life because i was i was basically responsible for everyone yeah in norway so i thought um i'll stay for a little bit longer <laughs> and <here we> <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: but in that time you built up a successful company before you suddenly then decided to become a comedian i mean what's the story behind that
1: yeah the way I got into comedy, it's quite interesting, because when I came to the UK, what I really wanted to do was to be an actress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I did drama school, uh, new school and stuff in, in college in Norway. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't afford to go to school, drama school here because it was non eu being Norwegian, mm-hmm. and it was three times the cost. So I uh, I tried to do a few auditions and stuff when I so when I got hair, but I never really took off, obviously. I was I wasn't really trained at all. Um, And so um, I then went into business just by chance. Like (laughs) I I worked at an advertising agency for a couple of years in my mid-20s. And then I got pregnant at the age of 25. Mm -hmm. And after I had my daughter, I came back uh, to the agency, the advertising agency, and they couldn't give me my job back. But they said, well, we got this thing called SEO, that we want to like try out, you could do that part time, and <laughs> and that's how I ended up doing SEO. I was like, well, yeah, I have no idea what that is. I had to actually Google search engine optimization, which <laughs> is very ironic because that's exactly what it is. And uh, and I I just got that bit. Like I I was it, the the technical and creative elements merging like that mm. was perfect for my brain, um, and. I got very good at it very quickly Mm -hmm. and then decided to start my own agency. Yeah. Um, And then when I get really focused, I really focus. And I was like, I am going to make the best agency (laughs) out there. And that was really my big mission. Mm. And having come from like that, both my parents were bankrupt. Uh, As I said, my mom was alcoholic and I had never really had any money. Right. Like, we had a quite often like times where um, we hadn't paid the electricity or we had to move because she hadn't paid the rent and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I really wanted a different life for my kids. Mm-hmm. So when I started the agency, it wasn't a kind of like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to be a CEO. It was more like, I will make a life that's better for my kids. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of motivation really focus, focuses your mind to to achieve. Um, and so yeah, I built an agency uh, from scratch, and and it was just me. I had no experience in business, yeah. but I have always been very uh, maybe because I've been so responsible most of my life. I've been always been very good in believing in myself I don't really need anyone else to believe in me
2: mm-hmm.
1: like if I think I can do it, I just do it yeah and 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 that turns out to be the perfect thing in business <laughs> um and so I I built the agency sold the agency yes and then had a complete and utter like breakdown <laughs> like burnout on a massive scale <laughs> uh, and then the, then COVID happened, yes. and I had like a huge earnout with this big agency, hmm. um, which means that you have to to work out a certain time to get the money that that uh, you want for the buyout. Yeah, uh, and COVID was my last year, so I lost a lot of money in that that year. Right. And so after after kind of completely having a meltdown and and not being able to get out of bed, I thought fuck this shit, let's tell some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say that kind of flippantly, but it was it. It turns out after being so serious for so many years, I had a real kind of urge to have fun and to be silly and to yeah. express myself in a very different way than I had for like 15 years.
0: Yeah. Why was comedy the, why not writing or something like that? What, what was the yeah. inspiration that made you think, I can go out on the stage and do
2: stand-up?
1: Yeah, that is really interesting. My my dad asked the same question. When, <laughs> like, Just before Chris, Christmas, he came over, and, and one of my brothers now live in the UK, and we were having lunch, and my dad was like, why are you doing stand-up? <laughs> and my, my younger brother went, Dad, she's always done stand-up. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? It's like, do you not remember all those family parties when she made everyone sit down and she would do a comedy sketch that she'd seen on tv or go and get dressed up and clown around she was always doing a stand-up and and that's that that is true like i've always enjoyed making people laugh like yeah even as a ceo i like i was always pranking people i was always uh trying to make light of things <laughs> to 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 get the deal over the line
2: yeah
1: um so so when the when they're it was very serendipitous, though, how it happened, right? Um, because I'd been talking about wanting to do stand up for years, mm-hmm. um, because I love watching stand up and I love laughing, and and like that's definitely have been a big part of my life. Like just yeah. just being able to laugh, especially when things are really serious. <laughs> um, and and, uh, and my best friend was just like. What? Why don't you do this? Like when I'd sold them and I'd had that just come out up from air, um, up from air from that big burnout and and that burnout, Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then a couple of hours after I'd seen her, she sent me a message going like, there's a stand up course in Kingston. Yeah. If if you don't sign up to this, I'm going to punch you in the boob, which is fair. (laughs) And so I did.
0: Yeah. So, what was the course? Who who was running that?
1: It was uh, it was crack comedy uh, by Eric McElroy in in Kingston.
0: And how did that was it? Everything that you expected it would be.
1: Yeah. It or, was, what
0: were you expecting?
1: I I don't know what I was expecting. And also, like well, I've got to tell you, so during those fifteen years as a CEO, I I was mm. speaking at conferences all over the world. Like yeah. that was kind of partly how I made my agency and how I made made it in the industries. I, I was good on a stage, right. uh, and I was really good at kind of talking to people. Um, and uh, maybe because so I'm 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 dyslexic, um, and so so I I can't really read out loud. So speaking, I was always really good at uh, connecting with people because like like if I tried to read what I'd written on the slides, <laughs> then everything turned to shit. So. Um, <laughs> And for some reason, I thought, you know, doing a comedy course, it will be a bit like that, being on stage. It is nothing like that. (laughs) Uh, That was so, so funny, like how I thought that would be similar. And and it really is nothing like it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apart from being on a stage, that's the only similarity. But it's a very different skill set.
0: So did they, at the end of the course, you did a showcase, I assume? Yeah. How was that?
1: Yeah, no, it was really fun. I like, the course was great. It was over six weeks, and it, it, like every Monday. And we had,
2: mm.
1: you know, I met loads of people. Like the interesting thing with comedy, I find, is it just attracts people from like completely different backgrounds yeah. and upbringings and country, like everything. So it. I think we were like 12 people at the start of the course. I think it was nine that, that finished. Right but they were, like the youngest were like 18 and the oldest were like in his late 60s
2: yeah
1: and and it, it really was such a great representation of a big like different types of people mm-hmm. um and yeah the course this course was was great it was like you know it's it's very basic to start with though, just getting used to being on stage and um and but I I like I immediately loved writing the jokes mm-hmm. and if anything like my teacher was like you have to cut it down you have to cut it down because I had like I think like at least thirty jokes <laughs> for the five minute set which would never that would have been like twenty five minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how was the showcase?
1: Oh yeah, it was uh, yeah it was really amazing. I, I still think that's one of my my best best uh, performances obviously because there's loads of friends and family and yeah. and everyone that's there is supporting someone else and that kind of supportive audience
2: mm.
1: I haven't really been able to replicate yet. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really, uh, yeah, it was really amazing. I was n- so nervous though. My hands were just like shaking. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: and I thought like you could hear in my voice, but apparently you couldn't. I think just people are saying that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so having done the showcase, what about your first Gig for real, if you like. Whether uh, people who weren't so supportive. Oh, yeah. What was that first gig outside of a, a workshop?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that was that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first the first gig I did outside of a showcase was an open mic night. Right. But it was open mic night with the musicians as well. Okay. And that is <laughs> just awful so <laughs> I thought I don't know what I thought but um yeah that was the first and the only time I've done an open mic where you have mixed yeah types of acts yeah because it was mostly musicians and this place was was known for being an open mic for musicians yeah but they also let comedians come on so we were like three comedians scattered around with an audience entirely wanting to listen to music
0: is that in Kingston
1: and that was yeah, was that
0: the grey horse? <laughs> yes, I didn't know their open mic nights did comedy as well, and I and even I've done an open mic there, like you know, thirty years ago. Oh
1: my God, no <laughs> way! It's
0: always been music, exactly. It's always been music. Yeah. I didn't even know they did comedy there. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do. They do. I think it's more they do allow it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think if people are going to go and see comedy, they have to know they're going to be seeing comedy. <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and it, that is not there. So, well, I got the kind of bombing out the way really really early
0: (laughs) i think you have the the comedian has to die on stage quite early to kind of you know the reality check if you
2: like
1: yes for sure yeah that was that was quite quite. quite. i got through it though like i got through all the jokes and stuff but i don't think anyone laughed (laughs) (laughs) but but i suppose but but it did actually teach me something because i was like you know if no one laughs you 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 can panic or you can continue and i was yeah. like i'm just gonna get through this <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it was fine
0: good did you you were talking uh, um a minute ago about always getting family to sit down and pay attention while you, you did your stand-up yeah. did you have comedy in uh norway growing up then was that yeah. was that a big thing in yeah
1: so th- there was this uh, female comedian in-, in Norway when I grew up called Herge Sköjen. Mm-hmm. She's um, she's still a comedian. She's amazing. She did stand-up and-, and a lot of comedy sketches. Yeah. And I still have a bit of a soft spot for, like, comedy sketches, you know, s- slightly slapstick and stupid. Yeah. Um, And and I used to watch everything she did. She- she came out with and there was she was on tv a lot and her and this other lady that i can't remember the name of they they used to do a lot of things like a little bit like um you know the ab fab team right like they're like the norwegian ab fab these these two <laughs> women so i watched a lot of that growing up but also i watched a lot of like british comedy like um faulty towers
2: yeah
1: uh life of brian like all all this like very British humor stuff that I loved.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and that was kind of the first kind of inspiration was was the, that Norwegian comic and then mm. the, the very British comedy <laughs> uh, series.
0: Yeah. So having seen these these types of comedy, appreciating that they may have inspired you in some way to take a, a comedy as a as a course, did they inspire mm. the kind of comedy that you wanted to do as well?
1: Oh, this is a really good question um no not yet <laughs> but i i i do feel like my comedy is changing now like yeah. as you start as a comedian you kind of very often i, I feel like certainly from for, for me this is the case i started off doing jokes that i knew people what i thought people would think is funny right rather than telling like my my stories or or my kind of comedy like yeah. it takes you a while to find your voice i think yes so i did the you know i i started off telling jokes about the thing things that everyone will relate to yeah which i think is makes sense mm. but also i don't feel like it's quite representing who i am yet or the kind of comedy i want to do
0: yeah so are you mindful of your persona when you're on stage i mean how are you are you acting is this a character that you play
1: yeah no (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a scary thing no i i'm not um i i'm not i'm i i think i'm quite similar off stage and and on stage if anything if i could bring a little bit more of my actual character to stage yeah that would be better (laughs) but it's i think as a as a female comedian and and as a new comedian mm. i i know there's a lot of things that the audience has to get over before they warm up to you okay and, and i f- i feel very uh, aware of that mm. uh, and so haven't quite found my my way to 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 be myself completely and for the audience to warm up quick enough to who i really am that sounds complicated but <laughs> i just i just think that there is a so I've, I've, I'm also really interested in psychology and neuroscience. And mm-hmm. and um, as I was started up comedy, I was supposed to start a master's in applied neuroscience and then took a weird segue into comedy. <laughs> but I do think there's a lot of interesting kind of overlaps on there, like understanding people and understanding humor is a very kind of unique. Um, you can a lot, understand a lot about people by understanding what makes them laugh what makes them kind of engage and connect with you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and I'm I I am very aware that you have to really like it's a very much an art doing stand-up comedy, like getting yeah. people on board quickly and warm up to like you, yeah. but also not like you so much that if you say something that's like slightly edgy or anything, that they will dislike you again. You know, this it's like a, a real kind of journey of taking someone. Um, on the journey of your story, if you will, yeah, and and that's what I would like to get to, where where I can like tell some of my actual stories, yeah, and uh, people get to know me, um, but also find it funny.
0: <laughs> being on stage, comedians talk about it being like a, a a form of therapy. Does it being in the spotlight make it easier to talk about those personal stories and to talk about your yourself?
1: Um, no no i don't think it does it's Mm. um i do feel like it's actually quite difficult Mm. to to get people warming up to you like i i think or maybe this is just me but i feel like who i really am Mm. and what i look like and who i who i look like i am are very different people right and and there are some great things i can play with with this like that in itself can be comical
2: right
1: um but, uh, but you have to kind of, <laughs> I've always felt like I have in, in comedy, but also in, in real, in normal life. I feel like I have to like ease people in to who I am <laughs> so I don't get the shit out of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about, I mean, you're obviously a very strong and driven person. Mm-hmm. So what about um, how competitive are you? Have you been entering competitions? Are you trying to find your place among your peers in that
2: respect? Yeah.
1: Yes, I I have. Uh, I entered the So you think you're a funny competition,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I didn't get through. Yeah, and I found it really really hard, um, not to get through. Mm. Uh, and obviously, you see everyone that that goes through, and you start comparing yourself. Um, and at first, like I, I really took it quite hard. Yeah, uh, and I was really upset because I am very competitive, <laughs> but also weirdly i think the things that drive me more like mm. you know the reason i did so well in my career mm. uh, like i never really had anyone praising me saying well done keep going or like i i've i've always done this from within myself right so sometimes someone's someone saying no actually we don't think you're quite good enough actually spurs me on rather than for for a couple of days i was really like upset and, and bad mm. that i didn't make it through but also, I was like, well, yeah. they're not right. Like, you know, it's very subjective, and yeah. it is also very much about the the, the night. I know that they say is all about how you write and stuff, but you know, I I, I know that I I am getting better, yeah. and I am I'm improving. Um, and although it would have been really lovely to have that on, on you know, on your comedy CV that you made it through to the semi final, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like what matters if is if I think that I am getting better and, mm. and that I can find my voice. And 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 I think this is what, what not getting through as has made me think about more. Like what are the jokes that I wanna tell? What, what why do I wanna tell them? Yeah. And and why am I really doing this? And and it certainly isn't for a competition or for someone else. Yeah. You know, this is really comedy for me is the first time that I'm doing something that's just for me. Yeah. I have I have two kids. I've I've done the the business thing. I've been married and fucking divorced. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we all so
1: so <laughs> yeah. and, and had to pay for it. <laughs> um, this is really the first time that I'm doing something completely just for me. Yeah. Um. So even if I don't make it through a competition, I, I, I am still doing it for me. So now, now I'm really aware. Like, well, if you're doing it for yourself and you really want to want to find your voice and that this somehow will also help me with my own self-development. Yeah. Then, then it does, the competitions doesn't really matter that, that much. It's sad, but oh, well, you know what they say? What doesn't kill you makes you funnier. (laughs) I don't know if anyone says that, but they should say that. (laughs) They do now. Yeah, they do now.
0: (laughs) Well, what about setting up your own uh, comedy
2: night? Oh yes.
1: Tell me about that. Yes. This is a, a classic Lisa move, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started doing going on the circuit, doing the open mic night. So obviously, I have I have two kids. Mm. Uh, one is already at uni, but um, it's a lot of stuff to juggle. And and for some bizarre reason, most like open mic nights or like first year comedy nights, they're all in bloody North London and East London. Yeah. Uh. And. There was a lot of late nights i could only really gig on two nights a week mondays and tuesdays mm-hmm. and so like i just didn't have any life whatsoever because i was always on the bloody trains <laughs> um and another thing like what i realized really early on was that the kind of first year of comedy mm-hmm. and how the comedy world works is like there seems to be some like like rite of passage that everyone talks about. Like you have to do the open mic night and you have to do these God awful bringer gigs. Mm, um, yeah. which, the bringer gigs being, you have to bring an audience member with you. So not only do you have to traipse to Dalston, but you also have to find a random friend that isn't really bloody tired of your jokes. Yeah. To <laughs> <So> come <laughs> with you to this place and to buy some drinks so that the pub will be happy. Yeah, and oh God, there are like there's some awful, awful gigs out there, and for a few weeks in November when mm. I've been going for like six months or something, I was just I was considering quitting because I was like, what is the point doing all this work to tell jokes to ten other comedians that are not wanting to laugh? Yeah, <laughs> um, and then go home. Like, what what is this point? and and so then i was like well why is there no people at these gigs like why 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 do we have to bring people mm. and so i asked those people about this and they were like well you know the, you know the promoters are often comedians and and they don't really know how to promote it i'm like <laughs> and i guess like a lot a lot of comedians that start their night they're doing because they want stage time which is totally understandable yeah um and i do think that there are some some value in in these gigs for testing out jokes and stuff. But as a new comedians, you don't really, like in the first three months, I still hadn't done any gigs that were to an actual proper audience since my first gig ever. And I was like, (laughs) what the hell? Like what, that? this seems mental. Like, oh, everyone has to do this. That's why I kept on being told, Like everyone has to do, you have to do at least one year on the open mic circuit, for mm. no money to only comedians, and I was like, I don't think I do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I just thought I, I'm pretty sure I can get more people in a pub myself. Yeah. Um, the agency that I, I ran was SEO agency mm. and and digital PR, so it wasn't, it's not difficult for me to make a website and do all of that. So, um, after a particularly bad gig, uh. Again, an open mic night in the, in Teddington, where I had to tell my jokes in front of an eight year old child, <laughs> because it was just an open room in a pub. Yeah. I was like, "That's it. I am. I'm like, I'm doing this." So, uh, a few hours after I got back, I had already built the website yeah. and posted <laughs> all the Instagram, all the all the all the stuff that I needed. Yeah, um, didn't have a pub yet, and then. <laughs> Then, then went to uh, because my agency used to be in Surbiton, where I live, hmm. um, and so I knew a lot of the the local businesses in this area. Yeah. Um. So I just went into all the pubs and and asked them if they ever thought about doing comedy. Um. Had one pub really interested, uh. But it was again, it was like an open pub, and they wouldn't close it off for anything. And right. like that didn't seem ideal. Then I walk into the Surbiton flyer. And Richard, who owns that that place, was happened to be there mm-hmm. on that day. Yeah, and I'd I'd kind of known of him uh, from from uh, having my office in Surbiton, and I was like, I want to start a comedy night. I know you guys are closed on a Sunday, but how about you let me have the pubs on Sundays? <laughs> I get loads of people here and comedians, and and we do this, and they were like, Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna to have to find some comedians."
2: Now. <laughs>
1: so I was like, "Okay." So I uh, then started booking comedians that that I had seen already on the open mic circuit. Yeah. But I knew that I also wanted this to be different. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted it to be a, a a mix of all of this, like a bridging bridging one where yeah. you have the au- audience that like you get pro gigs yeah but new comics are also. Uh, on the bill so mm-hmm. I wanted one big headline I wish I I wish I knew I had to pay for and mm-hmm. I wanted them to be like really big headliners that would also pull a crowd
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then then the first few months I had mostly just the big headliner and all new comedians yeah and uh, the first the even the, the first one we 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 had a packed house 60 60 uh tickets. Mm-hmm. There were 60 registered tickets, and I didn't even know how to fit everyone in the pub because <laughs> that was really cool. um And that was in the end of November, and and I had Mark Simmons as the headliner, and he was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and and then he then he went from there, and now now it's more like a, it's still a, a very much a mix, but now I have some like semi pros, maybe a few t- ten minute acts that. Are more experienced, yeah. but but still the main the main purpose of this is to to have a place for new comedians to get an actual audience. Yeah. Um. But also saying that I d- I don't want it to be a place where any old comedian can come on. I I really wanted to make sure the quality is high. So I still painstakingly choose every single comedian uh, <laughs> on the bill. Yeah. And 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 really think about the all the parts that i think is important like diversity like the amount of times i've been the only woman on the bill
2: yeah
1: um even on the open mic circuit i'm like seriously Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um so i i try really hard to have at least 50 50 um -hmm. and also from all other um backgrounds yeah uh and have actual diversity is is really important in comedy yeah What I'm going to do, because I care so much about doing um, having an actual crowd for new comedians as well, is that what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a a digital marketing course, digital marketing, digital PR course for promoters and for acts Mm -hmm. that are doing Edinburgh stuff. But mostly I want to do it for promoters that have their own night. Um, And it's not going to be super expensive. But what I also want to offer is any promoters – that want to do this course for free. I will give it to them for free if they promise mm. to have one month or four gigs without being a bringer. Yeah, Because that would be amazing. Mm. So that people can actually do these gigs, get an audience and cut out the bringer kind of policy. Yeah. Because I just don't think it's, it's not good for anyone. No. But <laughs> bringers usually don't want to be there. And it's really stressful as a comedian trying to find people. And also it's not a representative audience because the bringers often are other comedians mm. or they're friends of the comedian. So they're laughing and what you get back is different. So if anyone wants to do that, they can DM me. Um, I'm going to set up a um, a page for the course mm. in the next week or so uh, and then get sign up so i'll do it all online so it's not going to be difficult it'll, it'll be like two three hours course and i'll teach people how to set up uh google maps which is the biggest thing like google maps google business mm. so that you can be found in the search engines because stand-up comedy is very much a local intent thing yeah. so in search engine is stand-up comedy in location that's what you do with google business it's not that fucking difficult i can teach you really easily <laughs> and Instagram and Facebook's uh uh social like paid social yeah those are the things that really work. But also, I can teach them like what to do on their website to really be found for their names and stuff, and and things like uh, why they should not be using link trees. <laughs> I, will, I will I will tell them exactly why. But that is one of the most frustrating thing as a yeah. as a techie seeing all these people use link trees, t- basically giving away their their property because your website and and your content is your property and link trees makes it impossible for anyone to find anything unless they go through everything manually yes exactly
2: yeah
0: that would that'd be be cool yeah so your night stand up lols in Surbiton, you emcee the gigs yourself
1: yeah Uh, with with mixed mixed results, I think. Um but yeah, I I thought, you know, I know loose people recommended to me that you should hire in an MC. But I'm like I'm very particular with how I want the audience to feel and how I want the the comedians to feel. Mm-hmm. And I just I tried once and I didn't really like it. Someone else right. representing my life. Yeah. Maybe I'm a control freak. <gasps> <Yes. laughs>
0: Well, is it just because it's your, your baby and therefore it's your audience, so you're protective of them? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and also I, I really want, I, I know a lot of MCs that are like circuit MCs, they do this thing where where they, anytime there's some new comics on the bill, they make a big deal out of saying that, you know, some of these people have never really done a gig before, they're like newer comics, they're more expensive. Why take away their power? Yeah. Don't take away the power. Like the audience will laugh or they won't laugh. You don't need to tell them anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the comedian's job.
0: Yeah. So how do you find being an MC as opposed to uh, an act?
1: Yeah, I, I'm liking it more and more. Mm. Uh, when I remember the names of acts. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that was my most embarrassing moment ever. <laughs> um, I just like. It's so weird. My brain's like, you tell me a story, I won't remember that story forever. But you like you tell me a name and unless you repeat it fifty times, I won't remember the name. Like I, I really <laughs> so that's not really an ideal thing for an MC. Um but I do I am liking it more and more and mm. I'm getting more and more comfortable with it. Yeah. Um and I do quite like the kind of you know reading the room and knowing when to to up the energy or, yeah. you know, I think that's really the MC's job to to make sure the whole night goes well. And if someone's gone on that's been a bit low energy, bringing it up for the next act, if I know the next act has more energy so yeah. people don't get shell- shell-shocked.
2: Mm.
1: Or, or how to bring the energy down after a musical act, for example.
2: Because
1: yeah. no one wants to go after a musical act. They're like, yeah. God, my joke's going to sound really boring now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What about the improvisational side of it do you, do you have sort of set go to jokes to pull out or is it all off the cuff or is it hard to improvise yeah. on that basis
1: it, Like I am I know for sure I'm not really good at this yet Yeah but um that that's actually one of the things that I I am wanting to do next is to do an improv course because right. I think that's really the only thing that that's going to loosen you up to be able to do do proper audience um, kind of engagement and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really do much of that at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but I do have so many acts on as well that, that there's not so much I can do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I would love to get better at that. And and I, I do have a few things, like I have a few jokes, like my, um, my old comedy teacher, Eric, um, has has been amazing at supporting me even after the course, mm-hmm. and he always says like, ask the questions that you know, um, ask the questions that you know you have a joke for. Yeah. So you know, asking someone a, a leading question that's yeah. that's like a trick that every MC or every comedian really uses, mm. and that like just reminding myself of that has really helped because that's that's when you can there's oh you <laughs> you you know. You can just trick them into leading up to your joke.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So what so far then have been your best and worst gigs?
1: Ah, uh, so uh weirdly the best gig was uh my so you think you're funny heat. <laughs> so although they didn't like it, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And it was because again, it it was there that was probably that was definitely the biggest audience. There were like hundred people, I think, at the crack comedy Brixton venue. Um, Mm -hmm. And everyone was really there up for comedy. So, you know, that for me is the ideal when there's a lot of people and you can feel the energy because as a comedian, you can really then, it it makes such a difference. That's why we do it. We do it for the lulls. We want the (laughs) lulls. Give me the laughs,
2: the belly laughs, laughs, ideally
1: so that was that i really enjoyed that and weirdly that was like super high pressure because it was a competition but hmm. it turns out if it's really high high pressure i do better yeah um so yeah that that, that was probably my my best one so far
2: mm-hmm.
1: and worse ones where do i start <laughs> oh god yeah there have been a few uh Oh my god! I don't. I honestly don't know where to start. There's, <laughs> there's been quite a few that have been quite bad. Um, hmm. That there's the, yeah, there was one that, that I I really didn't like because it it was a, like one of those. It was a bringer event, but there was only comedians, right. and it was in a really dark basement, hmm. and the base uh, the MC was just rude and a bit aggressive, and made everyone feel really rubbish
2: right
1: and like it just felt like a it felt like being in a prison telling jokes. it was just the whole atmosphere was oh, just wow. awful um and he made everyone feel really bad um but and it, the weird thing is like I've done gigs where I've done worse than that, like my performance wasn't that bad, but the whole energy thing, yeah, you know, I don't understand why. Why a MC would want their acts to feel bad about themselves? Like yeah. what what do you what do you get from that? Yeah. Like, where's the point? Like, isn't why why do a comedy night or 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 have a a comedy night if you if you don't like people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't <laughs> want people to do well, are you doing it just so that you do well and you can put everyone else down? It's just so it was just horrific. and I think there's a quite a few like that, right. Um, and I just did this one once, and I would never go back. and there there's a few that I've got I've done once, and I'm like, my list of gigs I will never do again is quite big <laughs> and 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 that's what these people don't understand. They think, you know, because we're new comedians, that they can just treat us like whatever, mm. and they really can't. and and i i am I'm hoping that those gigs will get less and less, that people will start speaking out about it because it's not okay. There's no, there's no need to to um, act like that or to put people down. And that's basically the opposite of what I want to do. I want everyone that performs to my night feel like they've done the most amazing job and feel great about themselves yeah. and feel supported and and feel inspired to continue like why put someone down when you can bring them up yeah there's there's a little bit too much of that in comedy i'm I'm surprised at how 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 much how many people that are are you know the kind of people that will like push people down rather than lifting them up
0: did that help to um inspire you to do your own night is that another influencing factor yeah. yeah
1: yes for sure yeah and i was like And some, you know, that's actually how I started my own agency Mm. is uh, working for an agency where, where they they treated me very badly, Mm. like they were really quite awful. And, and, and I was like, well, actually, this is not how you treat people. So, so my, the way that I, that built my agency and how my agency was run was quite different to a lot of agencies. and it was based on all the things that i knew i didn't want to do to people ever Mm -hmm. um so so yeah again like i had a had a mentor for three years when i sold my my agency Mm -hmm. my the the advertising agency that bought uh, my agency um Paid for a mentor for me, and I had done fifteen years in business without a mentor. Yeah, and but they were paying for us. So I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, they let me choose one, and I had this most amazing mentor called Margaret Heffernan. Um, she's done, a, I think she's done like five TED talks. Oh. Um, and she's a really pro- prolific businesswoman, mm-hmm. uh, very intelligent. I remember first meeting with her. She said, um, "How do people describe you, Lisa?" And I was like, "Well." people always say I'm passionate. And she was like, you're not passionate. You're pissed off and pissed off, get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> and it's her true. If, if something really gets to me, if I think things are unfair yeah. or not right, that's what will drive me the most to make a change. Yeah, And that's really what I want to do with stand-up laws. Yeah, That there is no need to treat new comedians like shit. I want everyone to be treated well and I want everyone to be represented. And I I, I want to show that we can we can be nice to each other yeah. and lift each other up instead of dragging people down. That's enough of that, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Let's just rewind a little bit back to, we were talking about the comedy that you saw in, in Norway and then British comedies that you would watch. How does comedy differ culturally between Norway and the UK?
1: Yeah, I think... Um, Scandinavian culture is quite similar to British in a lot of ways right um, in in this like I think there's more British comedy in Scandinavia than American comedy right okay. um as in like, series and stuff mm. um although because I, I know a lot of other European countries is more Americanized or more into American humor because I think that's for for Europeans I think we think of British humour and American humour are some very two distinctive different things. Yeah. But especially from movies and series and 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 sitcoms and stuff, I guess. Uh, but um, I think Norwegian humour is more similar to the British anyway. Right. Um. But saying that, there are some really big differences uh, culturally that has taken me many years to get to is that in the UK, it... If- if you know someone well, you will take the piss out of them, yes, like significantly, like really, like even kind of meanly, yeah. And if you don't know them, you'd be super nice to those people, yeah. Like, <laughs> in Norway, it's the exact opposite. We will be super <laughs> rude to people we don't know, like, like really quite rude, and then but we would never really. Cross the line, like you, you don't have the same take the piss culture, maybe more so now, but when I grew up, it, it was, that was the biggest difference I found when I moved to the UK is that, hmm. like just how that banter and that's taking the piss was such a big part of the the everyday humor. Hmm. Uh, now I I feel like I've, I've completed expert level of taking the piss, <laughs> but, but it took me a while. And not to be offended and stuff. Yeah. Um. But but in terms of like the stuff that I watched and stuff, I I also quite like quite slapstick stuff. And and there's more of that. I think more like stupid humor in Norway. Mm. Um. Like um Viggo van who just won uh, won Britain's Got Talent. Yes. Uh, this is great. Now I can say, fellow Norwegian comedian, we are nowhere near in the same league. <laughs> but there are like four of us on the circuit, so that is a small enough group. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that kind of like clowning, like sketch stuff, that yeah. that is really popular in Norway, and it's always been so. Mm. Um, do you remember that really annoying song? Um,
0: <laughs> Narrow it down.
1: Uh what does the fox say <laughs> Do you remember that one No So basically this is typical Norwegian humor so okay. in, in about I don't know 8 years ago or something there was there are two Norwegian comedians um hmm. that, TV comedians that were offered this is so ridiculous this is very Norwegian humor um they were <laughs> uh, offered a load of money to do a music video like a comedy music video and i can't remember the the exact details of who it was from but they were just like let's make it really ridiculous like really stupid (laughs) and so they wrote this song about like no one actually knows what a fox say like what what it doesn't bark it doesn't howl it doesn't you know and the whole song is about that but they did on like a huge budget So they made like a pro music video to this ridiculous song. (laughs) Um, Then the whole thing went viral and it was like everywhere. Uh, And that kind of like silly, stupid, like let's do something ridiculous. is, I think is very, that's quite Scandinavian humor as well. And, And maybe that's the only real difference is that the Scandis do more ridiculous stupid shit.
0: I mean, you're talking about the comparison for uh, Norway comparing closer to the U.K. Uh, to, to the U.S. I mean, it's made me think of Taskmaster because Taskmaster, the U.K. show Taskmaster, I don't know if you're familiar with it, basically failed in America because they just didn't get it. That, that kind yeah. of being silly, just being flippant yeah. and pointless. they didn't understand it. Whereas I yeah. think the Norwegian version, uh, befaler, yeah. is like in its fourth or fifth series. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that's exactly it. Like it. It is more like. Yeah, I feel like the American humor often has to, to be able to get to the masses in the US. It, it's a lot of like pointers. This bit is now going to be funny, right. and then they will show the funny thing almost. Yeah. Like pointers. While there's a lot of subtlety to British humor. Yeah. That you have to really listen for. Yeah. I think it's clever.
0: I was talking to um, another comic about this and saying, like, the traditional American comedy or stand up comedy seems to be very much, you know, joke, 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 joke and it's got to be fast and it's got to be loud. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, you can make a whole program where you don't say anything at all and it's hilarious and it's just, just, stand, just stand there with a yeah. the bemused look on your face and it will get howls of laughter. Yeah. So that subtlety yeah. doesn't work so much. That's
1: so true. Yeah, I've seen some acts on the, there's so many amazing acts on the circus that, that are very different.
2: Mm.
1: And, and you know, the the styles of being very different can sometimes just be hilarious in itself. Yeah. Like the way they talk or the the deadpan. Yeah. I could never get away with deadpan. My face is just <laughs> too eager. Because
0: you're too excited.
1: Yeah. You get very
0: excited. I've seen that. I've seen your act
1: yeah yes exactly i get so excited
0: so you also you talked about you know sketch programs and things like you'd mentioned the the AbFab, and you've talked about obviously that you did acting and what made you choose stand up over doing like sketch comedy or is sketch comedy still an option
1: sketch comedy is still an option (laughs) throughout like um i was just telling a friend this the other day like when i this is ridiculous um (laughs) Oh, and everyone's going to want to look this up now. But when I sold my agency, mm. um, they did this big press release in in one of these big advertising. I think it was Campaign Magazine, which is like a big marketing advertising magazine. Right. And the the CEO of Omnicom was interviewed about buying my company. Mm. Um, and the journalist had just embedded the video that we had on the my agency website.
2: Yeah.
1: What she hadn't done was actually look at that video because that video is a three minute video taking the piss out of advertising agencies, <laughs> taking videos on their homepage about absolute fuck all. And the whole thing is just like, you know, here's some, here's the footage of some awards so that you will know we're really good or we are now dressed as 50 side sex because then maybe you will take us seriously. And here's the guy skateboard because we're kooky. The whole thing was just like a piss take. And they just embedded that video. <laughs> it's still on there. The picture of the CEO of Omnicom and this piss take of advertising agencies. So I think I've, I've always done sketches without, you know... I've shoehorned a way of making my my stupid, funny ideas yeah. in my head uh, reality for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> Other than it'd be really funny if anyone actually bothered to watch it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are the key lessons that you've learned so far then? What have your, I mean, we've talked about your philosophy for your your own comedy night but what about the lessons that you've le- personally learned from your experience so far
1: um yeah i've you know i've learned so much in the last year about about people mm-hmm. for sure but also about like I've i've had a lot of thoughts about why i want to do this like yeah. what makes me want to to do comedy like there's after running an agency for 15 years and selling it mm. There's fuck all money in comedy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to really fucking love it to do it. <laughs> yes. Um, and 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 that's really my biggest kind of discovery mm. is that you know sometimes I like I feel really frustrated and and angry that I didn't do well or I feel frustrated I've spent an hour and a half to go up to a gig where there are five other people, yeah. but most of the time what it gives me is 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 something that I haven't, I didn't have before, and that is like a a joy of being silly, a joy of telling jokes, a joy of seeing people smile, mm. or even the joy of seeing someone roll their eyes. <laughs> you know, sometimes it could be quite funny to like shock someone or like see them like have some kind of reaction. You know, yeah. the big thing for me has been like the connections with the the connections with the audiences, even if they were just other comedians or. Mm or or talking to people that also love comedy and 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 that brings a lot of joy so sometimes the purpose can just be joy
0: perfect lisa how can we find out about you and where you're playing
1: oh uh yes where i have got a website that I never update like everyone else yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but probably on my, in my instagram stand up lisa may mm. i keep up to date
0: So, now the final question, the one we've been building up to the whole time, is what way would you summarize comedy in a nutshell?
1: Oh, (laughs) Um, um, comedy in a nutshell is the joy of connecting with people through laughter. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Is that a nutshell enough? You could have a
0: big. You could have a bigger nutshell.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, I think
0: <laughs> it's up to you. Are you if yeah. you are happy, then I'm happy. But you will yeah. feel free to expand.
1: Yeah. No, for me, I I, I think that's it. Is it's, I think there's something magical about laughing and mm. having come from a, a background where there were there there were a lot of challenges. There were a lot of 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 pain and anger and um, challenging times. Yeah. It's. You know, it is through those dark times that you learn to laugh with your belly, where you really experience joy. I think there's a, I think it might be a Japanese expression that says, um, blessed are the broken ones because they let the light in. And I think comedians are very much those broken Mm -hmm. ones and they let the light in.
0: Beautiful. Lisa, thank you so much. It's been absolutely fantastic.
1: Thank you so much.